0: Have the internet? And welcome to Two Guys in SharePoint.
1: The only SharePoint show in South Africa where everything is not made up and there are no points. Greetings, Al. Hello, Mr. Modlin. How are you? Yeah,
0: very well, Brew. You having fun? Uh, uh,
1: to a certain degree, yes. To a certain degree, no. Um, I'm all conferenced out.
0: Yes, we were at Share Monday, Tuesday this this week,
1: uh, which was quite cool. It was, actually. It was quite neat. And while we were at Share, we managed to track down the ever-elusive Jonathan Collins from Avpoint, and uh, we spoke to him about all things migration and where the world is going and how product companies like Avpoint are changing from product solutions to... Enablement solutions. I think that was probably the biggest shift, and how companies like AvPoint actually keep up with uh, Microsoft's companion app ecosystem drive. So uh, let's cross over to that interview.
0: The following interview was recorded
1: in the very noisy
0: foyer at Share Conference. So the audio quality is a little below our usual standard. We've tried to recover it as much as possible, but I think it's fine.
1: Enjoy the interview. So on this week's episode of Two Guys and Shep, we have an enigma in the industry. He's been around forever. We're not sure how long because some days his beard is long, some days his beard is short. And he pops into South Africa every so often. So I guess he's an international um, speaker. Yeah. When,
0: when you brought this up to me, you said, yeah, we should have him on. I was like, yeah, we should have him on again. And then I revised myself. I'm like, wait, we haven't actually talked to uh, Mr. Jonathan Collins.
2: You actually have him on?
0: When?
1: For SharePoint
2: Saturday. The very first yeah, one. Yeah. The, the, the but that was like a communal October. thing. You didn't have your yeah, own episode. I didn't episode. have my own episode. I had a
0: five-minute, how are you doing conversation. So
1: welcome back to
0: South Africa. Thanks. It's good to be back. For the viewers, do you want to give your elevator pitch for who you are? What you do? Yeah,
2: just um, I'm my role, I work for AdPoint, uh, who's obviously a an ISV in the SharePoint world and Office 365 space. I currently hold the role of channel director, uh, responsible for all of the partners out of Australia, country manager for South Africa, and I've also got a direct sales territory for Australian county territories in Canberra, so. A um, man of
0: many hats and many skills.
2: Playing many of them at the moment. Currently live in Melbourne, uh, which is where one of our head offices are and come back to South Africa every three or four months for conferences. So, been around for quite a long time, started in my SharePoint world around the sort of WSS days, WSS 2, 3, that sort of period of time, um, have played many roles, have played in the education space, have been a semi-technical resource, have been pre-sales, a VTSP at Microsoft, um, and got out of the consulting services part of SharePoint and got into the ISV selling third-party technologies with AppPoint. Been with them for four and a half years. Okay, right. and uh, the red
1: parties are still strong at larger events?
2: Yeah, we, we had a really good red party at uh, uh, the Microsoft Conference in Australia. I think we, sp- uh, maybe I shouldn't say what it is, we spent a lot of money on alcohol that night. No. <laughs> it was a really
1: good function, good night. So your role in point right now, I think we're probably gonna explore that a bit more, but. Being a South African out of the country, talking about F Point and the tooling, and I know we don't really talk about F Point when it comes to migration, because F Point is so much more than just a migration tool, and I'm loving am right now. Good. So, I just want to talk a bit more about how does the rest of the world compare to South Africa? Because you're a South African and you're not doing stuff in, in let's call it Australasia, yeah. and are we ahead of the curve, behind the curve? We're getting data centers, which must 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 mean quite a bit to where F is in the industry and where you're seeing guy, the rest of the world going. Yeah, I mean, I, I think when I, we spoke a little bit about it last time, and I, I
2: kind of always thought that Australia was maybe eighteen months ahead of South Africa as to where the curve sat. Um, I, I don't think that's the case. I, I think South Africa have caught up. I think the fears around the cloud have disappeared. Um, people have alternative to latency problems so obviously that's the issue with regards to data centers and where they're located um, but I I don't see a major difference between what's happening in South Africa to what's happening in Australia I think it's a lot closer than I thought it was um, definitely money is a difference $100,000 and a million rand are two very different things mm. um, so you you probably got access to more capital when you're working in a developed country than you would maybe out of South Africa. So, we are still an enterprise solution. Uh, we've introduced subscription and SaaS licensing model. I did a quote the other day for seventeen dollars, and okay. someone wanted a backup product, and we can do it. So, it does. It, it has added a lot more exposure to our product to market that we probably haven't had access to in the past, which is in the corporate account managed space and the SME market. Uh, which again opens up a whole new conversation at the partner channel. Uh, there's, there's two big initiatives from an AppPoint perspective that changed heavily in the partner world. and The one is we used to often step on the partner's toes around a consulting services game. So, for example, content manager as a product, there's no real way to copy-paste stuff in SharePoint, so you needed to write some PowerShell to do that. And that would have probably been the role of an SI who would come in and do that consulting work and maybe a customer started to think, well, we're spending a lot of money every time we want to move stuff around. Let's buy a tool to do it. So the customer was getting the benefit. We've introduced a partner version of AppPoint, something called AppPoint Online Services or Dark App Online for Partners, that allows the partner to get the operational efficiencies. So they can log into a single portal, manage multiple customers in Office 365, and get their own internal operational efficiencies that the partner gets benefits. That was, that's quite a big change in our business but it's very partner-focused in that area. And then Revim is very consulting services. So we we create a records and information management platform, but we become the software, and we cannot scale and do all that services work. So someone's still got to analyze what documents are going to go into the system, how they're going to be classified, um, how is that information going to be retained and disposed of. And that's not something that we want to do, and it's something that the partners are very engaged with us on. Uh, which is definitely changing the way we do business um, and and the reason I have the channel director role is that we've got to be able to upskill our partners to make sure that they can implement and do work as well as we can which hasn't been the case in the past yeah
0: you're talking about your um, subscription model and how it's opened up a lot of your products I think that's a great thing for for the partners um, and for the clients themselves because the tool base is really fantastic it's um, in my opinion, it's sort of the gold standard of the, of the third-party suite for pretty much anything you need to do on the admin side. Um, it, it's really, it, it's quite exciting that you're trying to uh, yeah, make, yeah. make that more affordable. for. I think a problem with that point, and it was
2: quite a difficult thing actually moving from being a company that had bums on seats problems. So you want to obviously, if you're an SI, you've got people who need to be billable. And you're going to try to get them into some consulting services work, then to move into, well, let's rather sell a tool as opposed to the product. Um, it's quite a difficult thing to grasp initially. The other problem with that point is that we do a lot. I mean, we, it's we've, got, a wide we've potentially retool. got too many products, um, which does potentially become quite complex to sell if you don't know the product stack and it's not your core focus. Um, but yeah, so I think even as a company, we've redefined what our message is, we're strong in the migration world, we're strong in the management and protection of SharePoint and Office 365 assets and we've got into understanding automation and providing a service to business. SharePoint should always sit at a business level and it's often at a governance level sort of IT because if you give it to business they break it, it becomes an IT problem. So we want to work in that sort of space and yes subscription has has opened up a market and sure we that's you've got to sell a lot of that stuff to hit targets because our numbers are big, obviously as a big business. Um, But it it does give specifically the partners that focus on on that corporate account managed space and can do us managed services offering access to an enterprise class based technology for a price that wasn't that expensive. Yeah. And so it's definitely changed a lot of our business.
1: Are you finding that on the back end of you saying that your business is changing is office 365 really the disruptor that the world seems to think it is are you finding that you're tooling i, I love the revim product um, and the fact that it's bundled with compliance guardian well depending on what version mm-hmm. of revim you buy and doc have complete uh, customers are getting more for what they're paying for initially. and then added to that how do you combat microsoft's release schedule when it comes to what you've built.
2: Yeah, and I think that last part is, a, is very relevant. I was fortunate enough to attend the Point Sales Summit at the beginning of this year in Puerto Rico. And and the whole focus of that five-day event was around how do we not become the next Sony or the next Blockbusters or whatever it is where the, the world becomes disruptive and you don't you no longer exist. Um, I think one of the things that AppPoint is pretty good at doing is... Is, is having quite a broad focus as to what our technology can do. Um, we, we've also got some stuff specifically around things like compliance. Microsoft are only going to be compliant with Microsoft. Their organizations, if you look at an enterprise, they'll have multiple sources of information, and it's not an all Microsoft conversation. So there will be customers who collaborate out of box or Dropbox, and they want to be compliant in those areas. So we do stuff that's different to Microsoft. Uh, we like to complement the Microsoft space, we work really well in hybrid, um, so things like Groups and Dell and those type of things are Office 365 focused. Big enterprises are not all in the cloud yet, so um, we want to be able to give organizations an on-prem and cloud version if there was a requirement for that, but also support the other strategies around it. So um, we're, a, we're a big dev house, we have 1500 developers in our company, so it's, you, we can build stuff pretty quickly. There's we are getting into the solution space as well, which is something that we haven't done before. So this year, we Microsoft's World Partner of the Year in public sector again, uh, around a product called Citizen Services, which is a CRM solution um, mm. for local government. So That's got nothing to do with AppPoint as a history of a product. Yeah. Um, the product. Another one that's coming out of our Singapore office is a learning management system for SharePoint. So we have a SharePoint LMS. Um, so that's busy being productionized and will become another solution that comes out in the future. And you'll probably find a lot more of that kind of stuff. And, and revim will be a similar thing. So at the moment, revim is isn't on-prem or Azure your virtual machine installed technology stack. Um, towards the middle or end of September, that becomes a full-fledged SaaS solution. Mm-hmm. So it'll be out of the AppPoint store, go and choose revim and you
1: suddenly now records management for SharePoint. It's, and I'm sorry that I'm hopping on revim but the product is disruptive when it comes to core features inside of SharePoint. Hmm. So traditionally, from an information management perspective, everything is based on a content type. So your retention and your disposition is based. You have to create a content type assigned at retention and disposition. Whereas with the IM, that logic is thrown out the window. And yeah. you're saying, well, don't make it as complex. Do auto classification, which is a great feature, and actually have proper governance policies assigned to documents that you no longer have to classify in the traditional way. And that's really, really cool from our perspective, because yeah. traditionally having to build a file plan, we no longer have to do that, but we can still have that that richness of being able to apply a policy to a document, even though you don't have to classify. it. So I mean, how did that come about? So we,
2: we're very lucky. So revim comes out of our Australia office. It's actually something that I think if you go on to com, you won't even find at the moment. Um, so it is... <laughs> that is, so, true. <laughs> it is um, it, so it is something that's, that's quite unique to Australia and it now is in the process of being commercialized across the rest of the world. We were very lucky that we, we, we found a very, very sharp lady in the record management space who came out of federal government in Canberra and had been working on, you name the system she had worked on it, sort of 20 years in the record space. And one of the problems around information and specifically records management is that there's a lot of collaboration that takes place on a piece of content before it becomes a record. And the focus of record management systems were on the end state. And at some point in time, someone had to upload the document into the system. And it didn't matter if it was a documentum, a record point, a SharePoint, uh, a trim. It didn't matter what the solution was. The experience was the same. And it was we always got to the end points. Even if you look at SharePoint natively, users still collaborate on content outside of SharePoint. And then they realize, at some point in time, I've got to put this into the system. It doesn't demo that way. So demo is really well around content types, create a new document, fill out some metadata, and you've got version 0, 0.1.0.2. 0, but the real world, people don't work like that. Yeah, because
0: it, it's it's more it's more difficult than if right. they just didn't do it.
2: So, so she, she looked at what was wrong in the existing systems that she had worked on and said, well, if I had to do this myself from scratch, the two things I would focus on would be it's got to be, we don't want heavy change management programs. We don't want to have to teach people new systems. We don't want people, things like SharePoint need to become storage repositories. is where we want to keep our data. And, the, and it needs to be a very light user experience. Users are very bad at classifying information. So suddenly the IT person thinks this SharePoint thing with content types and metadata is really cool. And they say every time you upload a document, you've got to provide 10 pieces of metadata. The user experience is terrible and they don't do it. Um, or alternatively, they put rubbish information there that doesn't then give you the value of what you're trying to establish. So we, we came up with a philosophy of two components. Is users should not declare records and users should not classify information. And that's the big driving factor of what we're trying to do. Um, we also, and, and these will become right, quite interesting, debatable points, but we are, we're open to having them with people, is everything being saved in an organization is a record the moment you click on save. It's more around how do we dispose this. So... Even basic things like record declaration, we don't actually believe you need to declare mm-hmm. records. There are better ways to handle locking down content than actually declaring a record.
0: Yeah, you should, with the tools we have available now, we should be able to know the context of that document and, and what it actually means Correct. rather than just an abstract yeah. uh, policy. And a
2: lot of things around content types revolve around a template. So you end up having an HR site. When Rod, you and I worked on, I think, one with a, a big fleet management company, and I think they. When we did an original assessment, there were 386 content types. Oh, yeah. And Which it's is now phenomenal. the user experience is either I upload a document and I've got a drop down box and I've got a scroll for the document. And if you look at all the documents, for example, in the HR site, they probably all have the same retention yeah. capability. But the reason you have so many different ones is for the, dis- for the additional templates. So we extract the template away from the content type. So we want to put the template where the user consumes it, which is in Microsoft Office. I want to create a new Word document. Open Word, don't go to SharePoint. And there's your template sitting inside there, but they associate themselves back to SharePoint, which we obviously want to do. And then we also don't do the rest of the stuff around potentially things like retention, which are also part of the content type. We do our retention on the classification schema. So we can go and classify a document as an HR document without having a content type for that, and then retain and dispose of content against that classification schema. Um, and also, we, we we try and move that information management cycle away from IT. It's a business role. The problem and It is should be a business role. Business people are not allowed in the back end of SharePoint. There's no many record or information managers that are going to get access to central admin. So, we don't give them that. We give them an external interface to do that. So, yeah, we try to keep it simple.
0: It does sound very much like th- this is matching up very well with what uh, Microsoft messaging is at the moment, which is to get out of the way of collaboration, get out of the way of people trying to do their work, Yeah. get them in, make sure they're collaborating, creating documents inside the infrastructure rather than shadow IT like WhatsApp or whatever, make sure they're doing it in the organization and in the stack. And once the information's there, then we have tools like out of the box SharePoint tools or an point that, that can then uh, help us manage it.
2: Yeah, I think there's still a piece missing. Uh, as much as if you sort of look where Microsoft's going in this in the sort of solution space and uncoupling SharePoint and Dynamics, um, and having these sort of modular systems with Power Apps and Flow, etc., I think the true world around the solution of the future is content is always related to some form of business process or some or some form of other line of business system. So if you are putting together sales content, it's normally that in something like Dynamics there will be a sales opportunity, and it's how you relate these documents to the other line of business system. And I think that's really where the next level of opportunity is, is how do you classify your content against the line of business system? So when you upload the, I don't know, maybe the signed quote, that should automatically trigger something in Dynamics to close the opportunity or trigger the next part of the business process. And it's how do you make sure that those two things have relevancy to each other and that you're then also exposing content in that other line of business systems. So SharePoint can become the single repository for many lines of business systems. It's not just a, another system that uses go and do one thing in Dynamics or whatever the system may be and then,
0: they have and to then swap get documents, tabs to go do this go and to swap tabs SharePoint. to go do that. It should be like if, nothing is an island. It's all connected and we should be able to access it wherever. Yeah. So that's what um, I'm,
2: I, I spend a lot of time with partners talking about is... How do you take something like an app tool set and turn it into a solution offering that it's not just a product that you're solving some back end business problems with? Um, okay. so that's exciting for me. Yeah, I'm going to
1: harp on RevIM again <laughs> because the way RevIM is bundled, um, you get DarkAF complete with it. Right? Yeah. And part of that, we've actually got a customer in Bahrain uh, that is investing in RevIM and have a huge content manager or the, the blob storage yeah. component, and that ships with the product. So they've got three, four hundred gigs worth of scanned paper that can now be managed effectively by buying a product like WebAIM. The bolt ons of it is great. So when we start looking at the companion app ecosystem, Microsoft is leaning towards creating these applications that you can now consume to perform specific tasks. Not yeah. to be confused with tasks, <clears throat> but you are now being able to, and I suppose it's, it's driven by the generation of humans that are coming into business I now. Mean, we overuse the term millennials all the time, but oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> I think maybe next time we shouldn't have you sit and do the interview with me because this is this doesn't happen too often. But coming back to what you're saying, uh, how to build, how to grow the glue. Between line of business and that work object, that could be a word document, an Excel spreadsheet, it could be or whatever, audio, yeah. audio, transcript, or something like that. And, and is that the space that you? In yeah, in? I mean,
2: revim is a, is interesting one because the name revim has only been around since March of last year, um, but it's it's really just a new brand name for a bunch of technologies that have been existing in point for many years. It solves a particular problem around records and information management. But it is based on core DocAV technology that has been around forever. So you still need to back up information. You still need to store content. You're very much in the flavor of wanting to drive life cycle management. And I think one of the biggest problems with SharePoint is things grow and grow and grow and grow and things don't get used and don't get consumed, but they still exist and they still sit there. So the the partners like the rest of the technology that's available in the suite. The customers like the other technology, so information records management is one piece of that. If you're going to create a project site, because you want to have some form of life cycle related to that. You turn it into a self-service, users put in a request for the project site, it gets leased to them for a period of time, and then when the project's finished, the site disappears. Um, and that brings into an archiving technology. It's got nothing to do with RFIM, but it's the core products underneath that give you that capability to extend that. Um, and then you throw in compliance, which does a whole lot of stuff around data loss prevention and opens up those things that people are scared about. So, people are scared about external sharing in OneDrive for Business, so they turn it off. We actually want to enable it. We want the hybrid model and make sure that people have the right content in the right locations. Um, we want groups, but we don't want self-provisioning because it's a chaos. People can use us on our controlling security as opposed to IT administrators. We want a more governed and controlled process. And that obviously becomes the underlying products that are part of Revim. And, and you're right, the, the subscription and SaaS model, specifically for the SMB and corporate account managed space, to, to buy Revim and all the AppPoint products would have been a multi-million rand type of transaction in the past. And they're now not. They are enterprise technology stacks at you know, it's like $100 a user per year at the sort of top end of the scale. So um, They're not crushing the expensive solutions to build things that are pretty compelling for most organizations to give them the the capability to go to the cloud. Yeah.
0: What What I'm getting out of this whole conversation is we have all these tools now. We have all Microsoft's collaboration and creation tools. We've got the third-party environment, have point um, and, and all of these products to help us manage all these things from the... From the consultant point of view, what I'm really seeing is it's, it's our place to really, as, as you said, provide the solutions. So we have all these different tools, but we're past the point where companies are buying technology just to have the technology. It really has to be a solution to an issue that they are facing. And it's, it's sort of up to us to, to channel that and discover exactly what that is and then apply the tool set that we have available to us, whether it's a SharePoint or an AvPoint. Yeah, Um, I think you you
2: go a really good place there. And it's um, one of the things that I sort of over the last number of years have looked at within our business is the difference between a reseller and a partner. And we have too many resellers and they're opportunistic resellers. And I don't think we have enough strong Mm -hmm. partners. And when I get into the partner conversation, it's normally around what is your value proposition as a partner? what are you different? What are you doing different to the, the partner that's next to us and the stand next to us? And and the ones where we're really, really successful is the is the partners that actually hide out technology in a solution offering that they have. And they're not coming to sell at point as a product. And it's what you're talking about now. It's this solution conversation is what are you doing to enable a particular business process or an automation within an organization Those that do the likes of Dynamics um, and SharePoint together as a conversation is really exciting because they have business solutions and that's something that I like to see in the partner space and the partners that I'm successful with in Australia are the ones that are not selling Apple. They are selling their solution, their salespeople probably don't even know that the solution is part of something that they're selling. Um, and they have a value proposition around information management or business process automation or whatever it is, and they're consuming some of the SharePoint products underneath.
0: Yeah, I think that's in SharePoint as well. I think the most successful implementations I've been involved in, nobody in the organisation beyond the project team have any idea at SharePoint. Like these things shouldn't matter to the business. Um, it shouldn't matter what the product's called, what the technology is. It should just work for them and, and solve their issues.
2: And I, and I think some of the partners here are doing a good job on that. And um, I think there will be customers when they wanting business problems to be solved. They want an outcome, an output, and they don't really care what's being used underneath. And we don't we not don't play in the workflow space. So there's or the BPM space. So to have a, a solution that involves multiple vendors is not something that's uncommon. So you. Have a capturing solution around COFAX with some K2 or Nintex workflow, yeah. wrapped around some storage coming from AppPoint or Metalogix or whatever else is going to be in the background that is supplementing a broader conversation as to what you're trying to do as a business. Um, so I don't think it's uncommon to see multiple vendors being
0: used in a technology stack. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us cool. this week, we really appreciate having, uh, having you on the show. Where can people get hold of you online? Um, so <laughs> I'm probably quite a challenge to get hold of.
2: I, I do have a, a, a Twitter feed, so I'm John T. Collins on Twitter. Um, email address, john collins at that point.com. Uh, I am Melbourne-based, so it does take a bit of time to respond, so you can get hold of our new executive here in South Africa, Warren Marks. Uh, grab him on Facebook or whatever else that it may be. Um, but yeah, liking, liking the progress of Tim and SharePoints.
0: Nice to be following it from the other side of the world. Well, oh, thank you very much. And thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. Yeah. Awesome. Sweet. Good interview. Always laughing yeah. to have
1: John T. on, to have a chat to him, It's always fantastic. Yeah, but uh, you've got quite a, quite a sort of a bromance thing going with John T. Young. <laughs> I remember this from previous conversations. Um, he
0: was my first boss back when I got into IT.
1: That so is so way, much of
0: scary right there. Way, way back in the day. So um, we go back quite a quite a few years now. Hey,
1: yes, I, I think you left. Were you still at Carabina when I started working there? Um, I think you. I were. think yeah, maybe. Or was that before your time?
0: I think it was a bit before my time. I think we like narrowly missed each other.
1: All right. Anyway, uh, moving on to our first segment of the week in the news. Yes, and first thing in the news this week is share. So did you have a, a good conference this year, Al? How did you find it? It was interesting. So I think it was more of a of a evolution of last year's a share conference. Last year was very, very good. People walked in, a lot of millennials, and they never asked us about the product. They asked us about capabilities of product. So that was the first shift we've seen since the beginning of time, where customers want to spend money on product because they understand the enablement. This year was much of the same. Same customers talking about the same thing. So, in that respect, it was good because uh, we reaffirmed the position that that product is not a, a bad thing anymore. People are are willing to invest in product, uh, but it's the same crowd, same faces. Um, so. Shares come back to us and said that they will be changing quite a few things for next year's event. But overall, the sessions were great, and we had, I think it was four or five international speakers. It's always good to have them out and get their view on the world. Although, um, listening to Jointy in our conversation around where they're moving, um, he did dispel the myth around is South Africa that far back versus what the rest of the world is doing um, in the space that we're in. So that was always, it was good to get that view. As always, the international people love South Africa. Uh, I think some of them are going on safaris. Um, And just on that, a John White session on Office 365 Groups, which is probably one of the best Office 365 Group Explanation sessions I've ever sat in. He left Zagreb the same time we left Zagreb. And he went to Kruger for eight days. And by the time he got back, he had to update his slides because there was new information. Yeah, so was, that should give you an indication of how, how volatile, for lack of a better word, the space that we're in is.
0: Yeah, it's moving incredibly quickly here. Um, I was manning the booth um, for the time I was there and chatting to, to the various people, walking around. And that that's a big sort of worry for for people in business, is the stuff is changing so often? How do they keep up with it? Um, and my sort of glib answer was, well, you don't have to. That's that's why we exist. So you you can listen to us, and and we'll keep you abreast of what's important for you to know. Because um, if if you're not full time in IT, I don't I don't see how you can keep up with us. It's madness. Uh,
1: but also uh, the same thing with look at the app ecosystem on Android or iOS. Nobody keeps up to date with the apps on the device. So right now, you want a weather app. Great. I search for weather in the app store. It gives me a weather app. I install it. I don't like the features. I uninstall it. I install a new app. That's where the world is. Yeah. And that's where we're going with what we try. It becomes ubiquitous. The platform becomes ubiquitous. It doesn't matter. As long as you can get this... Desired functionality from the interface, you go with that. And Microsoft is, well, the productivity space is moving towards that, even down to a simple thing as at our monthly user groups, we were actually talking about it yesterday. If we do a Power Apps and Flow session, Does it sit in the Azure user group, in the information worker user group, in the Office 365 user group, or in the BI user group? Because it touches all those products or all those environments. So where where do you actually position it? And we're seeing such a crazy convergence of product to deliver a specific value to customers that it's now becoming sort of gray.
0: Yeah, I don't think you can actually separate these things out into tracks anymore. It really is a holistic approach um, to solving a problem right like we talked about in, in, in the interview like you have to you have to solve the problem and no one no one of these products is going to do it. it's by using all of them with a specific plan that you manage to do that. That's why the office the 0365 exams are so hard It's because you're not doing an exam on SharePoint or exchange or link. You're doing an 0365 exam and you get questions from like 14 different products and it's super rough.
1: Yeah. All right, moving along. Um, Moving along. The listeners are here to find out about stuff, not listen to us ramble on incoherently about our opinions. Yes. So stick to the facts, Mr. Modlin. Stick to the facts.
0: Sweet. I will give you a fact now, but I do think we ramble coherently, not incoherently, just as a a point of order. Um, A little bit of news. Um, Hopefully nobody's noticed it yet. If you have, you probably think everything's gone for a ball of chalk and everything's broken. It is working as intended. Um, Microsoft have made a change to calculated fields in Office 365, SharePoint Online. You can no longer use HTML markup or script elements in calculated fields. I wasn't actually aware that this was a thing that you could do, but apparently you could previously, before June 13th, um, use some HTML markup and script elements in your calculated fields, and then they display in the list. You can no longer do that in SharePoint Online, and um, from the June twenty seventeen public update to the on prem servers, you won't. By default, it will be disabled. It is going to create a new setting in um, the web application settings called "custom markup in calculated field disabled," and it will be set to true by default. But you can then turn it off. So if you're using this on prem. Um, you won't have noticed anything messing up yet, but just be aware of that. And if you're using it online, duh, you're going to have to come up with another solution.
1: So my question around that, Modlin. Yeah. I remember back in the old days, circa 2012, when we were still using SharePoint Designer at 2010 with the design view, uh, people used to use HTML in calculated columns to display color. Yeah. So we're talking about the same thing. Yeah,
0: that's, that's one of the things you'd use it for, yes.
1: All right. Then when SharePoint Designer 2013 was released, the design view was deprecated. So there was only a code view. Yeah. And calculated columns or calculated fields with colors based on KPIs. So you could say, well, I, if it's 80%, it must be red. If it's 60%, it must be green. Those sort of things. That went the way of the dodo as well. So I, I would love to see how many people still utilize HTML markup in calculated columns to display sort of KPI type stuff. I, I wonder because it was it was pulled out of the, the well the design view allowed you to do that without writing code, um, and there was I can't remember the lady's name. That actually had a blog post around the different colors, and you could grab that HTML straight from there for that color, and you could add it, and then it would work that way. Um, it had a full palette of colors there that would literally spit out the HTML for you.
0: Yeah, well, you cannot do that anymore, so good luck, everybody. Um, something else that you are shortly not going to be able to do anymore is use docs.com. So you may or may not remember that Microsoft has a document sharing website called docs.com for sharing documents publicly. Um, And it is being shut down December 15th. So if that is part of your workflow, it's time to start transitioning to OneDrive, Office 365. There are many other ways to do it. This is not the way to do it.
1: Yeah, I've seen quite a few uh, people since the announcement uh, complain about so what do, they, what do they do now? Um, well, move on. It's like with CodePlex and GitHub. Uh, in this case, Microsoft is not uh, providing you with a new way of displaying documents.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, um, there is the sharing options in OneDrive. Teams is getting external access at some point soon. Um, there are many ways in the ecosystem to perform the same sort of function. Um, it's just not, I don't see any of them being broadcast like docs.com yeah, Doc so was very much broadcast.
1: No, I know a handful of people that actually used it. Yeah. It wasn't like enterprise grade, sort of everyone was using it. If you want to do it, if you want to share content like that, stick it in SlideShare. There's an option. Some people were complaining that what do they do with their presentations now? Put it in SlideShare. It actually works to your benefit because it automatically integrates with LinkedIn. So that's a much better option to sharing presentations that way. And yes, if you want to share documents, use Dropbox, Google Drive, OneDrive. doesn't really matter. The options are endless. So it's not really going to destroy the planet by removing doc, Docs.com from the Microsoft stable.
0: Yeah, for, for like the three people who used to share on Docs.com <laughs> from their Zoom, <laughs> it, it'll be a bit of an issue. But for the rest of us, it should be fine. Um, another thing that is going away um, is something I didn't even know existed. Um, Microsoft is ending support for Parature by May 2018, they've said. Um, and they're trying to get everybody tr- to transition to Dynamics online.
1: So uh, I read it as Parachute. No idea. No, it's, it's Parature. It's a
0: um, sort of a... a from what I understand, it's a help desk, and a sort of online help desk client support system that Microsoft bought in like 2014 or something like that uh, and it has been oh, chugging that. along. Um, but yeah, they're going to move all that. All their functionality is sort of accessible in Dynamics, so they're going to move people over to that. But Wiggle
1: if, your USB cable. Your static is overpowering.
0: Okay, well, it doesn't matter. We can't do anything about it, so now I've just got another piece I have to edit out.
1: Trying to listen to you does matter because I can't hear what you're saying.
0: Like you listen to me anyway.
1: (laughs) Moving along.
0: Moving swiftly along. Um, Yeah, but some good news after all these things being uh, deprecated. If you are a Windows insider, you can now start testing the OneDrive files on demand features in Windows 10 and such. So that's pretty cool.
1: Look, me and OneDrive are not friends today. Let me just put it out there. I am not friends with OneDrive today. Okay. You want to you, you give us a rant, L? No, no, no. You can listen to my webinar. Um, and uh, there'll be a recording of it as well. But I will be ranting about OneDrive today.
0: Sweet. I'm looking forward what to I, that. I, I do appreciate a good L rant.
1: Yes. What I am excited about is... Microsoft's investment in on-premise technologies once again. And they announced, I think it was last week or the week before, I can't remember, but I think yesterday a generally available Power BI Premium. And for those who do not know, Power BI Premium, there's an on-premise version coming through from Microsoft around Power BI. So that's very exciting. So now you get that same richness that you had before with Power BI in the cloud. You can now do that on-premise, which is very, very, very sexy. Although yeah, it's all huge. Microsoft, um, their naming conventions really suck because they launched it as Power BI Premium, but it's actually Power BI Report Server for on-premises Power BI reporting. That's fine. Like, if you don't like the
0: name, it's cool. Like, don't worry, dude. They'll change it in two weeks um, and we'll have a new one. So,
1: but for those who are not wanting to move to the cloud at all or even to Azure to offload their data analytics into Azure, because you wouldn't move that into Office 365, you can now run your own on premise version of Power BI report server and get the same richness you got from Office 365 now on-premise, even though you still need to license it via Power BI premium. Sweet. You got anything else for us, Al? Good question. The last but not least, the one that uh, tripped up John White in his Office 365 groups session was the new Planner client for iOS and Android. And the reason why I want to mention this is, so you've got the online interface for Planner. Then you have a client an application client for different devices. They all do different things. So that confuses the function that, the, well, it confuses people when it comes to functionality.
0: Yeah. So
1: you go and you deploy planner and people use Planner, the web client, and then they download the, the Android client and that's got different features to the iOS client. So you split your workforce when it comes to functionality, because some users have iPhones, some users have Android phones. So I don't understand why they're not syncing the functionality across the platforms. How do you effectively roll out a technology, a companion app, when there's things that you can do in the Android app versus the desktop app versus the web client versus the iOS app? Makes no sense.
0: Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, the, these are the first generation of all of these. I'm sure as they mature, they'll, they'll all sort of converge at one set of functionality. Is that it, Mr. Modlin, for In the News? I think that's it for the news, Al. Now we're on to our other segments. And first up is my
1: favorite segment <laughs> New Find of the Week. Modlin, you have to try that voice and introduce these things, mate.
0: Ah, uh, no, dude. We,
1: you can't improve on perfection. Why would I ever <laughs> have to do this? So, on that note, seeing as it's all uh, we all red partied um, in today's uh, podcast, Uh, My new find of the week is the latest migration tool from AvPoint coincidentally. It's called AP Elements. It's a SharePoint on-premise to Office 365 um, migration client. It's super cheap. Um, There's no migration cap like with the Enterprise client that Meteorologics and AvPoint sell. So it's comparative to using ShareGate for migrations, and it's cheaper. So... Go to apelements.com. You can check the pricing out there. It's dirt cheap, and currently it does on-premise to Office 365 migrations. Uh, Apparently, there is a file share to or file server to Office 365 version coming or an an add-on bit to it, but it's available. Have a look at it, and it's going to be difficult to say, well, let's use ShareGate versus AP Elements in the future. Cool, man. Good one. And
0: then our last segment is my PowerShell Commandlet of the week. Um, quite a simple one for us this week. It is new SP content database. Yeah. Quite uh... quite, quite, a simple one. Um, it's a PowerShell Commandlet that will create a new content database for you. You have to attach a. You have to tell it which web app to attach it to, and then you get a bunch of switches. So if you want uh, different database servers, you change the authentication, um, some of that sort of stuff. But
1: is there is there a switch to set your current content DB into read only mode? No,
0: you have to do that separately.
1: All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is a really short one. I haven't used that in ages.
0: Yeah, me neither. But if you are doing automation of a large bunch of farms or whatever, or if you're setting up uh, if you're setting up new farms in via PowerShell, you'll probably use something like this, which is cool. Alright. Sweet. So I think that's is it. That it. I think that's it, L. Alright. All right, all right, all right. Cool. So if you guys want to find us online, you can find our website twoguysandsharepoint.co.za We're also on Twitter, at twoguyssharepoint. I'm on Twitter, at Ott And I'm at Alistair Pugin. And we're on all the podcasting apps and Facebook and search on for us anywhere. every
1: podcast app, yes. Yes.
0: Search for us anywhere and you'll find us. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for joining us, Al.
1: Great stuff, Mr. Modlin, and I'll catch you soon. Sweet brew. Cheers. Ciao, ciao.